I see some familiar faces that I haven't seen in a while and some new faces, so that's wonderful. Thank you for coming out today, and I want to welcome our live stream audience. We are live right now, so we invite our ministry partners, friends, and new friends from around the world to join us today. I want to encourage everyone, uh, first of all, if you're in the studio audience, to turn off your cell phones, please, and get ready to receive from the Lord today. All right, be expecting a miracle. If you need a healing in your body today, be expecting God to move already because he's in the house today and we know that miracles are here for you. All right, so get ready to enjoy. Shireen, go ahead.
breaks through every train. Come on, let's sing it. There's a song that cannot be contained. There's a shout that breaks through every chain. God, we won't be silent. There's a faith. There's a faith that rises through the flames. There's a joy that chases the dark away. God, we won't be silent. The greater the storm, the louder our song. And the greater the storm, the louder our song. We lift our voice. We lift our voices. Lift our voices. Make your praise so glorious, glorious. We lift our voices. Lift our voices. Make your praise so glorious.
God. Hallelujah. 
straight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ooh, hallelujah.
the going there and do it, because your faith has been handicapped. Now, Luke chapter 16, verse 13, the words of the Master. Jesus said, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Now, let me pause there just for a moment. Pastor Kelly was telling me the testimony that she just heard of Little Richard. How many of you heard of Little Richard? So many of his songs have uh, permeated the culture of America. Most of his songs saturated with sexual overtones. Most of the songs really get the hormones pumping in the wrong way. Praise God. But he had wealth. He had fame. had worldwide notoriety. He's known around the world. But Little Richard, now as an elderly man had made a decision to follow Jesus Christ and to abandon all, underline the word all, for the sake of following Him. So he went through this thing that I think anybody would go through if you really want to serve the Lord completely. He said, Lord, can I still sing my old songs and serve you? Hmm. Now stop and think about some of these songs that have uh, uh, Tutti Frutti, yeah, you know, and all kinds of other songs. You know, really, most of those songs had sexuality mixed into it. Cravings for uh, letting yourself go and indulging those desires. He said, Lord, can I still sing? Uh, see, the, the, what I'm saying is connecting with some that really want to get off the fence. Um, he said, Lord, can I still sing these songs and serve you? And the Lord said something amazing to him. The Lord said, no man can serve two masters. Woo! We don't need to have a theological discourse of this and that and the other. That's all the Lord told him. And that was enough. There are a lot of people in positions today of of fame and notoriety, and they want to walk the line of trying to be a believer while they've got the other foot in the world that requires them to take their clothes off and do sexual acts on the movie screen in order to make the millions of dollars. Literally one lady that uh, was teaching Bible studies in Hollywood, in between the classes that she would teach on a weekly series, took her top completely off on an all-rated movie. One of my friends who was a minister went to her and said, what are you doing? She said, I love the Lord. The Lord knows I love Him. He said, you took your clothes completely off from the waist up. You're sending major confused messages to those that are very weak in their walk with the Lord. And at the same time, you're over here doing this. Mm. See, what lies in the hearts of people who are not obedient is deception. You actually deceive your own self. There are some occupations that in order to follow the Lord, you have to come completely out of. Remember, Paul said in the Word of God, he said, work a good job with your hands. There's a million jobs out there you can work and you don't have to sin. Yes, Pastor Stephen, but this one pays millions of dollars. Yeah, and it'll corrupt your soul. 
Very, very interesting. Uh, I have a pastor friend. He's very tall, very handsome, six foot seven, uh, and ju- not, not just handsome, but he has he has all the curves in the right places with uh, natural uh, genetic gifting and biceps and uh, rip six pack and all of that. And uh, he really wanted to get into Hollywood, and so he applied and applied, and he didn't get any break. But they called him one day and they said, "You are the perfect guy." for this movie and he went to the uh, uh, he didn't even have to audition for it they just said you're the perfect fit for the lead actor for this movie and he had just gotten saved that week and he went into the uh, producer's office and uh, uh, the producer said the job's yours if you want it you will uh, the he said the moment you ink the contract you will be a multimillionaire. this is a guy that's living just on just trying to make it he's trying to get it so he's like in almost like uh out on the street type mode getting kicked out of the apartment he's just living on a string uh but the producer said there's there's one catch it's not in the contract but this is just the way it works here he said you're going to have to sleep with the manager he thought well, is the manager a man or a woman? <laughs> I mean, not that I'm wanting to do that, but it, but the guy said it's irrelevant. You're going to have to, you know, who it is. You you have to sleep. You have to sleep with the manager. He said, you know, um, this week I just became a Christian. He said, what's that to us? That's what the guy said. What's that mean? That's, that's irrelevant to us. He said, sign the contract. Let's let's start getting this going. Let's get this in the production. You're the guy we want. Uh, he said. He said, I can't do it. He said, I, I can't do it. He said, this violates Christian ethics. This violates my conscience to do these things in this movie and to do the things that you're wanting me to do that are not even on the contract that you're asking me to do. He said, I can't do it. The guy said, he said, do you know that if you walk out, the moment you walk out, I can call anybody in this line. There's guys fighting to take your place. So it's not like you're going to get this back if you walk out. He said, I understand that. The guy says, is that your decision? He said, yes. So they both, they both parted ways. There are some people that need to understand you cannot serve two masters. Now, Jesus said, either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. I'm glad little Richard got his life right with God. He may be in his 80s, but he got his life right with God. He doesn't want anything to do with those songs that he formerly wrote, the lifestyle that he formerly lived, he has completely renounced all of it as garbage and trash and sinful. How about that? That's what some people need to do. And there's, there's some Christians that have great fame, and you have gotten much like the sorcerer that Peter dealt with. See, Philip got this man saved, but when the apostles showed up, it became a new level of going to a deeper walk. And the sorcerer, the former sorcerer said, he said, lay hands on me that this power that you have will come on me. And he said, you be cursed with your money that you think that you can buy the gift of God. And he said, he said, I see that you are in bondage to iniquity. And he's talking to a man that had gotten saved. And so now you have a lot of these pop stars that say, I'm tormented. I've got millions of dollars that I don't know how to get free. I'll tell you how to get free. Renounce all of it. Walk away from it. 
Well, if I do that, I lose my multi-million dollar penthouse. Yes, yes, that's exactly what you lose. And if you're not willing to do that, you cannot be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is a disciple? Someone who is under the discipline and the teaching of the Master. I'm not saying you can't go to heaven. But you'll go with all kinds of baggage. You'll go with your destiny completely unfulfilled. I don't care how much money, how much notoriety, how much fame you have. If you want to walk with Jesus, you can't serve two masters. That doesn't mean you can't be blessed. It doesn't mean that you can't have nice things. But if there's areas of compromise... The Holy Spirit will deal with that. I don't mean to be taking so long on the tithes and offerings. <laughs> but see, God knew that you would be tempted with money. He knew that you would be tempted. In many people's lives, it is the number one temptation that they face. But tithing authenticates your trust in God. Really, your tithe is not about money. Your tithe is about trust. Mm, praise God. Tithing, I believe, in many ways reveals who your real master is. And it reveals the master actually, not only that you serve, but actually that you love. Can you say praise the Lord? Hallelujah. You cannot serve both God and money. Put your trust in God. Put your trust in God. And watch what he will do to bless your life abundantly. You don't have to compromise. You don't have to sin. You don't have to do things that are wrong that violate your ethics and your conscience. You follow the Lord and God, you, you will see in the end, you will end up in a position of strength. You'll be on top. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you lay your head on the pillow at night and you sleep with a clean conscience. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Let us now bring the holy tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God. Those in the audience, live studio, if you want to give by cash, the ushers have envelopes for you. If you want to give by credit card, there is an envelope form they will pass to you. If you want to give by check, please make it out to Stephen Brooks International. Those watching online, if you would like to mail in your tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God, please send your your envelope to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 3456. Mooresville, North Carolina. That's where we're at. Zip code 28117. Again, zip code 28117. If you would like to give right now, online, bring in your tithes and offerings in, please go to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap. And you can go there now. And you can say, oh, Lord God, you are my only master. And my tithe, my giving authenticates my trust in you. Hallelujah. Now, on Tuesday evening, which will be November the 9th, that's the cutoff date for any special giving towards the cameras. Okay? So if you're wanting to sow into the ministry of the cameras, which is the television ministry. Thursday is the 9th. Okay, I'm going to move it up sooner. The cutoff date is not Thursday, but Tuesday, which will be the 7th. Hallelujah. Aren't wives wonderful? They tell you which dates are which. Hallelujah. To keep us getting from being confused. Tuesday the 7th is that cutoff date. Okay, so if you want to send something special for the cameras, 
you want to be directly involved in world evangelism, which is what these cameras will be used for. Hallelujah. And so a special seed. I am praying over all the special seeds for the cameras for a 1,000-fold return based upon Deuteronomy 111. And what's going to happen is after the gear is purchased, Wednesday morning, we're purchasing the gear, the cameras, all the equipment, tripods, everything. When it's all in, I will show you what you're giving has accomplished. You'll be able to see it with your own eyeballs. I will put it before the camera, and you can see what we have done together. Hallelujah. As a church family, as a ministry team working together, we are very, very powerful in preaching the gospel together. Father, bless your people today. Bless the tithes. Bless the offerings that are holy. They belong unto you as we're coming into your storehouse now. We thank you that your people don't just speak, but demonstrate that you are their master and their trust is in you. And we thank you that because you are our God and our master, you make our lives beautiful, free from the contamination of the evil one. But we are blessed in every area, and we are the happiest people on the planet. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name, and we all say amen. Praise the Lord today. Hallelujah. Are you happy today? Glory to God. Let us receive the offering in-house, praise God. And that, that giving as well is blessed greatly. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. All right, take your Bibles today and turn to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40, and we're going to go to verse 9. And just say this, say something good's going to happen to me. Hallelujah. Now, during the praise and worship as revelation was flowing, sometimes God shows you things that He wants you to do, things He wants you to build, things He wants you to construct, things He wants to spring out of your life. You need to write that down. That's liquid anointing flowing. Ooh, hallelujah. God ideas. You want to write those things down so that you can be faithful to carry out the things God inspires you to do. Mm -mm -mm. You know what I want? I want this ministry to have an on-call choir. That when we have praise and worship, we have people that can lift the roof. Hallelujah. I want a team. Hallelujah. I want Shireen on the keyboard with her vocals. I want other singers. And see, I know some people that have some heavenly voices. That God touched this when they were born, and they have a special touch. And I want to be able to bring these people together. And that the praises that ascend to God are just God. Golden glory, hallelujah. And we all lend our voices like the flowers of a field. But we are led into the canopy of heaven by voices that lift up the great name of Jesus. I want 12 voices that God has touched. And we'll put them in a semicircle. Everybody will be mic'd. And we will lift up the name of Christ, hallelujah. We're going to have some fun. I want to have a renaissance of music. Hallelujah. I, I don't necessarily want to blow your ears out with gu guitars and drums. That's cool. There's a place for high praise. But there is also a place for excellence in worship. And I want to see that developed. There is something about a well-trained choir. Hallelujah. I want to get Dr. Thomason with his phenomenal baritone voice and others. And I want to, I want to have a, a, a group of singers, men and women together, that will sing for his glory. Isn't it going to be heavenly? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, Pastor Stephen, when did you get that on that last song? 
on that last song, Revelation was flowing. Praise God. Okay, did you make it to Isaiah chapter 40? Today I want to talk about the rewards. Please say rewards. The rewards of obedience. And Father, as we go into your word, we ask that your word would penetrate our understanding, that the light be turned on, and that we grasp this message today and apply it to our lives by the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, and all in agreement we say, Amen. Isaiah 40, verse 9, O Zion, you who bring good tidings, get up into the high mountain. That's you. Zion, speaking of God's people, referring to the church, you need to make sure you spend time in the high places. That doesn't mean you need to move to Colorado. Uh, it doesn't mean that we need to go to Mount Everest. But you need to know your place in the Lord and spend time in the heavenly realm. Get up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem. Jerusalem speaks to the individual believer. O Jerusalem, you who bring good tidings, lift up your voice with strength. Lift it up. Be not afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Now verse 10. See the Lord God comes with strength, and His power establishes His rule. Watch this. His reward is with Him. Say, I like that. I have taught before on the rewards of God, but the Holy Spirit won't let me go. He says we need to talk about it a little bit more. It says concerning the coming of the Lord, His reward is with Him, and His gifts accompany Him. The International Standard Version says, look, the Lord God comes with strength and His arm rules for Him. Look, His reward is with Him, and His payment accompanies Him. There is a reward, there is a payment that the Lord brings with Him. You should be very excited in your spirit. God's Word translation says, the Almighty God is coming with power to rule with authority. His reward is with him, and the people he has won arrive ahead of him. Praise God. Now, I believe that this verse 10 has various prophetic overtones. I believe we see reference to the second coming of Messiah Jesus to the world, where he sets up his literal rule and reign over the earth. Hallelujah. And I'm excited about that because... He's going to rule and reign over the planet the way that it shall be that it should be done properly. And it also says that the meek shall inherit the earth. So Jesus will have uh, rule over the whole world. Under his governorship, you will have the twelve apostles, each one ruling over one of the twelve tribes of Israel. And then you will have certain ones selected and chosen by God who live lives that prepared them for this and qualified for them them for this, who will also rule over various nations, various localities, various regions of the earth, and that will be de uh, delegated by the Lord as well to certain individuals, as it says, the meek shall inherit the earth. So, there is a coming reward of the Lord, a coming payment of the Lord, but there is also a prophetic season that we are in right now where the Lord is appearing and His reward is with Him. I believe something from the Lord, a reward, can spring so suddenly into your life 
that before the week is even up, you'll say, that's my reward right there, and it is already appearing, materializing in your life. How can we define what a reward is? A technical definition would be that a reward is something given in return for a good thing done or a service rendered. Now, we are referring in essence to good things done unto the Lord, good things done in the name of the Lord, and the Lord comes with these very, very unusual rewards. Sometimes they are things that are so unique that they are rewards that only He can do. It's very, very interesting. We will talk for a moment about natural rewards and also about spiritual rewards. You can have both in this lifetime. Can you say yes? Hmm. Praise God. You know, Bishop Oyedipo in Nigeria told the amazing story of one of his church members. Now, he has a church membership now of 400,000 members, praise God, that belong to his church. They have seating capacity in each service for 50,000, and they are building a new stadium right now that will seat 100,000. But he talked about a testimony of one of the men in his church. This man loved the Lord. This man loved to go out on weekends and just walk the streets in busy areas and share Jesus with people and endeavor to win them for Christ. Hallelujah. This man formerly had been involved in a very uh, destructive car accident where his body had been injured. They had placed, the doctors had placed a surgical plate into his arm, into the elbow area. This thing that was put into his arm was a very advanced medical piece that was late mach uh, machined and uh, cut out with by a laser so that it was very form-fitting, a very, uh, even the, the metals that were involved in this piece that were put into his elbow were very advanced medical, uh, uh, very advanced metals. So this was something that you can only get through a doctor's order, surgically implanted. It even had a serial number, a very, very long serial number, laser etched into the device. The device was put into his arm so that he can function with his arm despite the damage done in the car accident. This man, one day, out ministering on a Saturday, had won nine people to Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? Just walking the streets ministering to Muslims, ministering to people that God would put in this path. Sir, do you know Jesus? Jesus died on the cross to take away your sins. Can I share with you about Jesus? He had won nine people to the Lord, and the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, Go home and take a nap. How about that? Isn't that amazing? He thought, Well, that's unusual. I've never had God tell me before, Go home and go to sleep. But he went home after winning nine people to Jesus. He went home and lay down on his bed and went into a deep sleep. When he woke up, there next to him on the bed was that implant. God had taken it out of his elbow, and there it was laying on the bed. 
oh, he just went out and got one of those, Pastor Stephen, that you can get those at every store. And you, he just, that's a fake device. No, you cannot get those. These are extremely rare things that are made with the highest levels of technology. They were actually, it was actually made in India and had serial number on it. Everything's tracked. Everything is very, very super advanced. And there it was laying next to him on the bed. No blood, no pain, no five-week recovery time, nothing. God took it out. Why? A reward for serving the Lord. A reward for serving the Lord. Woo! Mm. His reward is with him, and his payment accompanies him. You will realize that rewards, as mentioned in the Bible, are so often linked to obedience to the direct commands of God. Whether it is a command, go home and go to sleep, or a command in the Word that we see, such as Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 and 2. Watch this. Now it shall come to pass, if, if... The, the promises of God are conditional. If you do what God says, God will do what He promises. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all His commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all of these blessings, really when you break it down to it, what are blessings? They are rewards of your obedience. This can be your personal obedience unto the Lord. This could be a city's obedience unto the Lord where the Lord sends the blessing. This can be a nation's obedience unto the Lord where the Lord begins to bless even an entire nation. Praise God. And all of these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Why? Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Now watch this in verse 2. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Why are you rewarded? Because you obey. You have to understand that God knows how you tick. He made you. So He holds before you rewards. He holds before you incentives. And you say, that's just too good to turn down. I think I'll go to work for that. Yes, sir. Lord, I'm in on it. Who, who would go and buy a vehicle without understanding that certain dealerships are offering rewards? Mm. Lord, I kind of like that, that they're taking $14,000 off MSRP. Mm. I like that. And then you look further, and they're making it more enticing. You'll find out they're, they're offering 0% financing. Mm. Okay, so I don't have to have any interest paid on this. This is starting to look really good. My friends, God can make it so enticing. He can make it so appealing that you just say, Lord, I think I want in on this. I want to let you know that obedience is a key to a happy life where you can enjoy many rewards, not only in this life, 
but in the eternity to come. Where you cross over and you hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Come on in to the joy of the Lord and get your rewards. It's going to take you a long time to even begin to understand all the things that are awaiting you. Mm, this is not going to be like Christmas where you can just all unwrap it in one morning. There are things that you can do where God will prepare blessings and rewards for you that for thousands, well, there's really no time in heaven, but for just what would be uh, uh, extended periods of time, you'll be realizing, wow, it's still unfolding. What I did on earth is still being rewarded in heaven. Praise God. So we see. From Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 and 2, that God uses His blessings as a form of a reward to entice and to motivate His people Israel to be obedient. Those rewards included such things as productivity in their work as an agricultural society, success in waging wars against the enemies that would endeavor to attack them, and even other blessings, such as the blessings of having a large and healthy family. Ooh, I like that. I think even today, with today's twisted and bizarre, politically incorrect viewpoints of thinking that we should just have either hardly any children or no children because there's just not enough room on planet Earth. And, you know, China gives into this thing called the two-child policy. They, they had a one-child policy. They've gotten a little bit liberal, and they bumped it up to two. But if we have three, we, we're going to have to just, you know, get rid of the third one. And as if there's not enough room on the planet Earth. Well, Pastor Stephen, there's no more room. We have overpopulation. Well, Really? Get on the I-40 here in America and drive from North Carolina to California or vice versa and go through New Mexico and tell me how much overpopulation you see. And you can just look for miles and miles as far as your eye can see, and you don't see nobody. You see nothing but vast vistas of open realms. Hallelujah. Same thing in Arizona. And then if you can begin to go west up into the great prairies of America, it's just vast, unopened places of land. There is no such thing as overpopulation. It is a flat-out lie of the devil. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Psalm 127, verses 4 and 5, that blessed is he who has many children. They are like arrows. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Hallelujah. You can have 12 children if you want. God bless all of them. Well, we don't have no money to feed them. No, 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 no. No, no, you, you, you just have them. God, God will make a way. Hallelujah. God will make a way. So, one of the things that was a reward, one of the main blessings that came from Israel's careful observance of the Lord's commands would be that the Lord's presence would be literally in the midst of the people of God. And the other nations would look at Israel with jealousy. Woo! Get so jealous! Mm, and all those blessings, all those rewards, they just would like to come in there and take it, and swoop in and take it, but because the Lord was there... The Lord was there. They couldn't do it. God would protect His people, and the presence of God would push back the evil intentions of the enemy so that it could not be successful. The rewards of God can be natural. They can also be spiritual. And we have examples of these various types of natural and spiritual recorded in the Bible. Now, in the New Testament particularly, we see different types of crowns that you can gain by living a life that is pleasing to God. For example, 
there is a crown that you can gain, that you can receive, that will last forever. And this is a crown for those who have kept their sinful nature in check during their life upon the earth. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 25 through 27. How about that? You can have a crown for living a holy life. Thank you, Jesus. When I say that, keep in mind little Richard. Hallelujah. You can have it all messed up for years, but you can make that commitment. Say, Lord, I'm selling out. I've had it with pet sins and goofy little things where I've got these skeletons in my closet. I've had it, and I'm throwing it all out. And when you cross over, you'll see that there is a crown. There's a crown that God gives to those that had a life of sanctification, and their lives were consecrated unto the Lord. I'm not talking about being a religious tightwad, where you never smile, and you, you, you have a wrong view of holiness, where you think it's just, you know, being legalistic and not having any fun. But I'm just talking about living a clean life. Hallelujah. God wants you to have such a crown. There is also a crown that Paul refers to as a crown of righteousness for those who have longed for the Lord's appearance, 2 Timothy 4.8. So there should be something inside of all of us where we say, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Lord, there's still a lot that we want to do, and we're going to be busy, 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 but Lord, should you decide to come now, come on, come on and take us up. Hallelujah. We are ready to meet you in the clouds of the air. It's going to be a glorious moment. There are crowns for those that have that longing in their heart. I, when I was young, and as a young, very, very young believer in high school, I remember that our whole high school group was going to go to the Six Flags. And I, I had one foot in the church, one foot in the world. I love the Lord, but oh, uh, there's a lot of things my flesh loved too. And I said, Lord, I, I know that you could come back at any moment, but Lord, please don't come back before Six Flags. I've never had nothing like this. Lord, I've never even been on a roller coaster. Please do not let the rapture happen until sometime after. Six Flags. Mm -mm. But I think we should have that holy longing and be ready to go at a moment's notice because when it happens, it will take place at a twinkling of an eye that is beyond fast. Hallelujah. Now, crown of righteousness for those who have longed for the Lord's appearance. There is a crown of life for those who have, who have endured testing and they've endured it successfully, even up to the point of death. This is referred to in James chapter 1, verse 12, Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. You don't necessarily have to die a martyr's death to receive the martyr's crown. But those that endure trials, temptations, and you hold to the Lord, and you come through, you can have, you can have that martyr's crown. Glory to God. Those who live a life where they laid down their lives to receive the Lord's plan, they can also receive this beautiful, beautiful crown. Wow. Oh, my goodness. You know, I think about the soul winner's crown. And the time prophet Kenneth Hagin, he had the Lord appear to him, and the Lord held before him the most beautiful crown. Brother Hagin said this crown was beyond anything that the earthly realm could ever replicate. 
But the Lord said, this crown is for those who are soul winners. There will be a crown for those when you get to heaven who had care and concern for the lost, knowing. Look, look, I know there's a lot of stuff today in our culture that tries to permeate into the church about social justice. And that, that is a portion of the gospel. But my friends, the angel that came unto the parents of Jesus said his name will be Jesus because he will deliver the people of God from their sins. He's not coming to be a social justice warrior. He's not coming to try to work this out and work that out. And he's not going to be running for a political office. He's really coming to take away the sins of the world. And for those that have a heart for the lost, knowing that without Christ they will die in their sins, be separated from God for all eternity, be cast into hell, be judged, and then be cast into the eternal lake of fire. For those who have a heart to win the lost, you will receive the soul winner's crown. And it is glorious. Mm -mm. There is also a crown of glory for the ministers who have faithfully served God's people, who have been good shepherds, and who have a heart for the flock and take care of the flock. This is found in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4. These rewards, these gorgeous crowns, there's many, many, many different types of crowns, will be given out at the judgment seat of Christ, as Paul spoke of in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 and 10, when he said, Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to Him. Why? why? Why should we be focused on this now? Why should it be our aim now? For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done. That's talking about the way you lived your life on the earth, whether good or bad. Now, this is very, very interesting the way Paul worded this, that we are going to receive and that word receive refers to payment. It refers to reward. It refers to recompense. It refer refers to this is what you did. This is what you've got coming because of it. But the way Paul worded it is very, very interesting. According to what we each have done, whether good or bad, he did not say evil. Because there is no reward for anything evil, but the Lord will sort out the things from our own individual lives that can be classified as good. Other things, they're not evil, but they would be bad in a sense that we gave themselves to it. We gave ourselves to it, and there was no productivity to it. Look, we need to try to take care of our bodies. You live in your body. If your body goes down, you go down. But the Apostle Paul said, bodily exercise profits little. I do not spend four hours in the gym. I think there is a place where a person can get over into vanity. It reminds me of the big muscle bodybuilder who wanted to go on a missions trip, and he joined a, a missions group in his church, and he went to Africa. And because he's got the big muscles, he's got to make sure he wears this, uh, you know, short sleeve shirt. And of course, the shirt has to be super tight so it can show off, you know, all the uh, veins bulging out and, 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 and all of that. And so the, the mission group goes to, out to the remote area, and they're going to help a tribal group, uh, you know, uh, pour some cement and do some things. 
and the chief of the tribe saw the big guy with all the muscles. And he said, what do you do that mandates the need for such muscular development? Do you use it for your job? Does your job require you to lift tremendous weights? Oh, no, no, no. I work an office job. I just push a pencil around. And the chief was just totally puzzled. So you do all of this, and you don't even use it. It has no application in your life? Well, I, I do it because I, it's presentation. Well, look, look, there's a part of that that's cool. You should present yourself well. And there is, there is a uniqueness to be able to develop, develop or even sculpture, in a sense, what God has given you to work with. But I think there's a point. I think there's a point where we can begin to go too far and we neglect things that are weightier and of far greater importance. And that's why Paul said bodily exercise profits little. Notice he didn't say there's no profit. There is some. But he says it profits little. But godliness is profitable not only for this life, but for the life to come. You'll be so glad you prayed. You'll be so glad you lived for the Lord. You'll be so glad that you fasted. You'll be so glad that you're a giver when it's all said and done and you cross over. And now you have real rewards. Ooh, I got one yes from the corner over here. I think it was my wife. Hallelujah. Mm, 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 mm. So these rewards will be dispensed based upon the way we lived our life in the body. You can't wait till you get up there and then say, oh, oh I, I now see the value of it. I, I want to go back and like do a rewind. You can't. As it says in Ecclesiastes, where the tree falls, there it remains. Our lives in many ways are like a tree. Uh, uh, believers are often uh, uh, prophetically typified as trees in Scripture. When the tree collapses, I've been out in the forest walking, and that tree could have been up for 100 years, 300 years. When it goes down, sometimes I've heard those rare moments. When the big one comes down, you can't move it. Where it falls, it's settled. That's it. Your life is over. It's a wrap. And now you're going to be rewarded for the way you lived your life while you were in your body. Praise God. Hallelujah. See, I think for the person that really wants to live for Jesus, it's not just a matter of making heaven, but you actually want to go to heaven and have the glorious gains of achieving rewards. I think I received while I was in high school somewhat of a wake-up call. They took all the seniors. And if you weren't a senior, you never knew that this happened. Uh, so you could be a junior, and you never, you, uh, or you could be in high school, but you never knew that this actually took place. But I remember in high school, they took all of us seniors, and they took us to the basketball gymnasium. And they put us all on this side of the bleachers. We all sit on the bleachers. You know, there's uh, that was small school, maybe about 100 of us. We're all sitting there on the bleachers. And the principal, who we went out to the middle of the basketball court, said, I'm so glad you're all here. It's time for rewards. I thought, for what? I thought, what? He's going he's gonna to give out rewards? I never knew they did that. And he said, the first reward, the first reward goes to so-and-so in biology for being the most uh, scholarly in biology. Please come get your reward. So somebody comes out of the stands, goes over, shakes his hand, and is, given, and is given a reward, and goes and sits over on the other side. And this started going on. I started sweating. I, I, I did. I said, Lord... I had no idea this was going to happen. I didn't even know that anybody was keeping track. So-and-so gets the reward for a valedictorian. So-and-so gets the reward for the highest GPA. Okay, you get this. You go over there. And, and, but what started happening, I started getting real nervous. There starts to get more people on the other side than the side that started out. 
and the bleachers over the bleachers over here are filling up, and the bleachers over here are getting depleted, and I'm over here on the depleted side. And I honestly didn't have any hope. I didn't have any card in my sleeve I can pull out and say, oh, I've got that one coming. And I sat there, and they never called my name. There's about 30 of us all sitting around looking at each other, saying, oh, it's your fault. No, it's my fault. No, it's your fault. You distracted me in class all the time. The fact of the matter was, I thought, somehow in life, I want to figure out where when my life is over, I'm not left on this side. That's what I'm talking about today. I want you to know that when you do get there, rewards will be passed out. Many, many different types of crowns are available. But you need to live for it now. You need to go for it now. Can you say yes? Mm, thank you, Jesus. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30. The Bible says, Therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, Far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. But those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Hmm. This was the Lord speaking to Eli, who was the high priest over the house of Israel. At that time, he was also acting as a judge. And he had the two sons, and he flat out loved those two boys more than he loved the Lord. And the Lord said, the Lord told him, you honor your two sons more than you do me. And you know they're sleeping with the women at the entrance of the temple. And you also know they are stealing the best of the sacrifices that belong to me. And instead of allowing the meat to be boiled, those two men would actually say, give it to us because we want to we just skip the boiling and we want to take it directly over here and just basically uh, grill it or what we would call a barbecue. And uh, some of the men that were godly that would bring their sacrifices were saying, no, you can't do that. You're supposed to deal with the fat first. And they said, give it to us or we'll take it by force. I mean, it said they, they were incurring the wrath of God. They had really, they had really, dis and you know, here's the thing. Not only what they were doing was wrong to God, but can you imagine bringing your sacrifice and you're running to those guys? What was happening, people were like, I don't even want to bring a sacrifice. And so the nation of Israel now began to just let the offerings go because of those two knuckleheads. And Eli didn't do anything about it. Mm. And so God told him, those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. And the prophet came and prophesied to Eli, because you've done this, your two sons is a sign. They're both going to die on the same day. And they did. My friends, we need to honor the Lord. If you do, you will be rewarded. Well, you know, Pastor Stephen, I, I don't know if God even sees me. I don't even know if God knows my name. I feel like I'm just as small as an ant. I'm so tiny that God couldn't see me with a microscope. Well, God reward me, Pastor Stephen. God sees everything you do for Him. Don't you ever, ever doubt it. And if you're not rewarded on this earthly plane, there will come a day when you will stand before his judgment seat and you will be rewarded for every good thing you've done. The things that were bad will be burned up. 
the hay, the wood, the stubble will be burned up. But that which remains, that which is pure and glorifies God, you will receive reward on that. Hallelujah. The story is told of the great Scottish runner, and later the man that also became a missionary to China. His name was Eric Liddell. And he was motivated by 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, when he ran in the 400-meter finals of the 1924 Olympics in Paris, France. Liddell was a man whose conviction was that he should not run a race on Sunday, because Sunday was his day of worship when he went to church. So, because of this, he did not run in his main event, which was the 100-meter dash. They actually were anticipating and expecting that he would win the gold medal in the 100-meter dash, but he pulled out because it was going to be run on a Sunday. So, he opted instead to run in another event, which for a sprinter, uh, it's kind of unusual for a sprinter, like a 100-meter or 200-meter guy, to run the 400. But he decided to run the 400, and that was not his specialty. And nobody was expecting Liddell to do anything of, you know, of insignificance. He probably wouldn't even get a medal in the 400. But this is what happened. One writer told the story, and it goes as follows. Committed Christian Eric Liddell refused to race on Sunday because it was his day of worship. Because of his decision... He was forced to withdraw from the 100 meters, his best event. Instead, Liddell raced in the 400 meters, and little was expected of him. As Liddell went to the starting blocks for the race, an American slipped a piece of paper in his hand with the quotation from 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, which said, Those that honor me, I will honor. Liddell literally ran with that piece of paper in his hand. How about that? How about that? And he not only won the race and won the gold medal, but he even shattered the existing world record. How about that? Stunned everybody there. The old video is actually on YouTube in black and white if you want to watch it. My friends, the Lord honors your biblical convictions when and where you firmly hold to God and His Word. He openly will reward those who honor Him. You need to understand this. Now, God doesn't always reward you, perhaps in a spectacular way, such as breaking an Olympic record, world record, or getting a gold medal. But watch this. He wants you to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, so that you can know those times that God wants to reward you or perhaps somebody else. And you just get a witness. That's my reward. Or you get a witness. I want to reward. I want to honor that person. Praise the Lord. You know, about a month back, I had made a commitment to begin to read my Bible more. I just said, Lord, I know I have a strong prayer life. And I said, I know I spend time in your word, but I said, Lord, I feel like my potential, what you have for me, 
can be greater achieved if I spend more time in your word. So I begin to bump up my daily Bible reading, and I begin to go from beyond an hour, and I begin to go beyond two hours. Sometimes, I'll be honest, not toot my horn, I'm just giving him glory. Sometimes I would sit and I would read my Bible for over three hours. Just You know, it's amazing how fast you can go through the Bible if you sit down and you begin to read for large amounts of time. I did this in a little bitty room upstairs in my house that has not one single light. I don't know who built that room, but there's, not a, there's no light anywhere in that room. I, there, there is a window, and I open the blinds, but I, I'd be struggling to read the Scriptures sometimes. Just, and so what I would do, I would go into the other room, take the lamp that belongs to that room, and carry it into the room. I got tired of carrying it back and forth, so I just left it in the room. But Kelly would say, Stephen... Please stop moving things around in the house. That lamp belongs in that room. I said, I don't have enough light in this room. There's no light. Well, that lamp belongs to that room. So I'd stay in that little room reading, reading, and, you know, trying, trying to read, read, and read, and read. And Kelly finally said, Stephen, we're going to go get you a lamp. And, you know, sometimes you just can't go out and do things. You're too busy. So weeks went by. Weeks went by. I'm in there reading for two hours and three hours, and I can hardly see. <laughs> I'm taking my phone out, and I've got the phone light on, and I'm reading the Scriptures. And they're reading and reading and reading. Praise God. You understand, I get up and go to the bathrooms, things like that, right? But just reading. Reading for hours. Reading to 1 o'clock. Reading to 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, so good. I can hardly stop reading. Mm-mm. The day came, said Stephen, let's go get you a lamp. So we went to a store that had uh, home goods, different types of things, couches, furnitures, and uh, lamps. We went over to the lamp department, and the, uh, you're talking about a lot of lamps. I mean, maybe maybe 50 at least. I didn't count, but I could just eyeball and think, wow, there's... There's dozens and dozens of lamps here. So I start looking at the lamps. Oh, it's nice. But I want a lamp where that's right over me. I want light that's hovering over my head. Just, I mean, I want those, I want these pages lit up. I want it so bright that I almost have to wear sunglasses when I read. But I didn't see anything that I just thought like, no, it's not going to throw the light on me. It's going to make it all go down like this. I want some light. I want some light. And I didn't see anything. I thought, well, there's nothing here. It, uh, but thank God for your spouse. My wife went over there, and she started looking around. She saw something I didn't see. And I had kind of circled it back around. And when I walked back around, I saw also what she was looking at. I, it was like it was veiled from me. She said, Stephen, I think this will work. Ooh, I said, that's the best one in here. Look, at that's beautiful. And I looked at the price tag, and it was way beyond any other lamp in there. Way, and I thought, oh, no, this is just for reading. And the Lord said, no, that's your reward. That's your reward. I said, Lord, it's the most expensive one in here. He said, yes. He said, yes. He said, yes. He said, now, and, and he gave me, gave me a little insight. And I want, I, I want to say this, because I meditated on this. I meditated on this. And I say this humbly. In the history of that store, with the thousands of people that have gone into that store, with the hundreds of people that go in there every day, maybe even thousands that go in every day, how many people actually came into the store, into the lamp department, to buy a light to read a Bible? Not to light your room. Not to read, you know, the New York Times. To buy a light 
to do nothing but to sit there and read the Bible. The Lord said, because you have done this, the best shall be yours. And it's in my room now. Hallelujah. Woo! I put that thing over my head. Woo! The glory light. Hallelujah. Mm. I can reach up, dim it down a little bit. Ooh, the light. Hallelujah. And it's so heavy. It's so beautiful. Mm -mm. Here's what I'm trying to say. God sees everything you do. You may think it's small. You may think it's just this. But if he, if he is integrated in it, if it somehow honors him, if it somehow connects with him, he will reward you. He will reward you. Pastor Stephen, I just, you know, I'd, I'd like to have a motorcycle. I'd like to have something I could rev it up. I, I just, I like stuff like that, Pastor Stephen. I like a motorcycle. Mm. I like God to give me a motorcycle. Oh, well, have you ever thought that maybe if you had one, you could drive out, drive it on the weekends, and when you stop and people look at it, you could use it as a tool to witness to people? Oh, what, 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 what would I want to do that for? Oh, okay. Okay, never mind. Never mind. But it's amazing when you put God into it, and God's involved in it, and you work for the Lord. He will reward you in the most unusual ways. Now, a reward can be also defined as God's blessing and God's empowering of you to bring into your life those things that you would like to have, that you would want, that you would even desire. God would like to reward you in some very unusual ways. Please turn now to Psalm 37.4, as I want to share something that the Holy Spirit wants me to bring out today. Psalm 37.4. If you're there, shout amen. Somebody's a fast turner. They already got the shouts coming back. Now, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires. The what? The desires of your heart. I have just a couple of questions for those that are watching this message today. Here's a question. And, and you don't have to answer out loud, but in your own heart, just answer this question honestly. Do you really get ecstatic and excited about paying your water bill? I mean, you just leap when you see that water bill come in the mail. That bill comes in the mail, you open it up, it's $12. That's what ours is, $12 water bill a month. And you look at it. By the way, we have great water, and it's very inexpensive here in North Carolina, just in case you want to move to North Carolina. But do you just get so excited about your water bill that you just think about it for hours throughout the day? Yes or no? I hear some no's floating up. Does going to your local grocery store and buying a loaf of bread and a gallon of milk get you so stirred that you stay up all night almost waiting for the store to open in the morning for a loaf of bread and a gallon of, of milk? Ooh, I get so moved by God. Over, Does that happen to you? No, I hear the nose slowly rising up today. When your electric bill comes in the mail and you open it up, is it so glorious to you that you read over it ten times in a row? You even read the fine print. You even turn it over to the back. And then you get on Google and you study what kilowatts and megawatts are. Because your electric bill fascinates you. 
Wow. Yes or no? Hmm. Why? Why do these things not stir you? Because they're necessities. They're necessities. Nobody really gets excited about buying a loaf of bread. Nobody really just gets whacked out over a water bill. Nobody says milk is this good. It's nice, especially with Oreo cookies. But my friends, some of these things, now, now, now I have to admit with the Oreos, we're getting over into the desires. I think I might get some after this meeting today. But my friends, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you not the needs... But the what? The desires of your heart. There is a vast difference between needs and desires. Those who serve God, those who walk in obedience, those who are working in their life diligently to make their life pleasing to the Lord, you move from a place where you know the basics are covered. Can I be honest with you? I'm not I'm not going before the Lord, begging the Lord uh, to pay the car payment. The car payments are paid. I'm not going before the Lord, asking the Lord money so that I can go shopping. God, God's got the this. I know who Jehovah Jireh is. I know that the Bible says that the Lord is able to supply all of your need according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I don't struggle with needs. I don't struggle with buying a pair of socks or going out and buying a pair of shoes. But when it comes to desires, ah, now we move into a category of something that you can uniquely connect with God through His reward system. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Martin Luther's translation of the Bible from Hebrew into German says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the wishes of your heart. No, no, not, not your needs. Not the new socks and the new underwears and the new t-shirt. No, no, that's, that's nice. And it, it's kind of fun to shop for things just because something's, something's new. But we're going into a new realm. We're going into a new realm. It's the desires of your heart. If you delight yourself in the Lord, He will reward you and give you the desires of your heart. When God is linked to it, and God is associated with it, He has permission to reward you with literally heart's desires. I remember that when, when we remodeled the physical church building in Moravian Falls, that as we went into that property that had not been properly maintained, we went into it with gusto. And we began to beautify the house of the Lord. And this is work of talking about stripping out the old kitchen, stripping out the old floor, changing all the lights. Even I, I mean, it was vast. It was extensive. It's not only remodeling things you see, but going back behind the walls, underneath the buildings, things you couldn't see. And I had a truck. I had a Toyota Tundra. It was the second Toyota Tundra pickup truck that I had. And I took that truck and just began to work that truck. Now, we had workers, but I was into the work also. I said, I'm going to put my hands to work as well. So when I had free time, I jumped in there with them. 
And so in order to save money, we, we used our, sometimes our own stuff, and I used my own truck. And would you believe that with my own truck, we made over 50 hauls to the dump. That truck would haul 2,000 pounds, and each time it went to the, drump, to the dump, it was loaded with bricks and cement. We even took out old chunks of cement from sidewalks and put in new stuff, and we took out old stuff in boards and junk and trash and drywall, fit over 50 loads over months and months, and just haul it and haul it and haul it, dump 2,000 pounds of gravel into have the big machine, just dump it in, take it, bring it to the church, just put new gravel, put this new, put this, uh, plants, everything, new stuff coming in, old stuff going out. And by the time we were done, I looked at my truck, and I said, Lord, I said, I wore my truck out for you. I literally told that to him. Please, please listen very carefully to me. I said, Lord... I mean, I, I, it, was a, it was an evening. The sun was setting. It was a beautiful sunset. And I looked back. For some reason, I looked back at my truck, and it just looked, it looked tore up. It looked beat up. And I said, Lord, I literally wore my truck out for you. And now I know the engine, in a sense, it's not like it had 300,000 miles. But the overall frame and the abuse that that truck had taken, uh, I mean, it was literally roughed up. I said, Lord... I said, I wore my truck out for you. And uh, a few weeks went by. I just kind of had an urge to go down to the, to the, truck, uh, to the dealership that sold the uh, Toyota trucks. And uh, I thought, well, maybe I should just trade this in because it's really, really been roughed up, really been roughed up. I don't, as a minister, I want those under me to have nice vehicles. So I don't want to drive around like an old broken-down jalopy because I want to have something nice because what's on me comes on the people. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So I just thought, well, I need to go down and uh, maybe trade this in and stay within, you know, a certain bracket financially. So I went down to the, uh, to the Toyota dealership, and there was a man there that helped me. And I said, this is the price point I'm looking at. I'm looking at trading my Toyota Tundra in. And so, uh, you know, let's go look around this price point. And we went to go look at the trucks on this vast lot. We were looking at them, and suddenly an alarm went off. Nobody's breaking any building anywhere, but a fire alarm went off that was so loud, so piercing, so aggravating, that after trying to talk through it, we both gave up. And he said, you know what? He said, let's go over to a different lot and get out of here. I said, I agree. I said, I know this is my price point, but I can't, I can't even focus. These bells and these fire alarms, are, I, I can't even focus. So we went to a distant, it was actually, we had to get in the vehicle, drive, cross over the street, go down, so we go to a different lot. They still own the lot, and there's vehicles there. But these vehicles were beyond me. And we got there. And the moment we got on the lot and he showed me a truck, the alarm at the distant lot completely shut off. The angels were trying to get me off that lot and trying to get me over to a reward. And he showed me a vehicle that was beyond, that was beyond what I thought I should have. And 
it, this was a vehicle that had all the bells and whistles, had all the goodies, more horsepower. It is something about horsepower that makes a man happy. Uh, wives, if your husband is discouraged, maybe a little horsepower could just solve the problem. I know that sounds kind of base and crude, but just a couple of hundred extra horsepower, it's amazing. Just being a stomp on the gas pedal and pass somebody when you want, it just brings such a deep sense of happiness into the heart of a man, and to be honest, into the heart of some women. Praise God. And some of you need that because you're trying to merge onto the freeway and you're about to get run over. Hallelujah. So anyhow, this had everything. Everything customized. It was an incredible looking vehicle. And he said, Stephen, this is the most expensive vehicle on the entire lot. And I was about to say no. And the Holy Spirit said, it's yours. Not, not like in an audible, loud voice, but in here it just came up. It's yours. And he flashed it back to me. When I said, Lord, I totally wore my truck out for you. He flashed that back to me and said, this is your reward. And I thought, Lord, the payments, the payments, you know, it's, it's going to be on what? Lord just said, I've got it covered. I've got it covered. It's your reward. You work for me. I've got it covered. And I told him, I said, I'll take it. Now, he said, now you understand you drive a vehicle like this. You're going to be interrupted all the time by guys. They're going to ask you, what are the modifications? Where'd you have it done at? It's, it's, it's like a, um, uh, what's, what do we call it? It's like, a, it's like a, I mean, it had, it was heavily, heavily modified. It was not stock at all. It was really, really wild. So I said, okay, I, I said, I'll, it's all right. I'll take it. He said, let's go fill it up with gas. The moment we drove it off the lot and drove it to the gas station, I was filling up with gas. Guys got out of their vehicles and said, what kind of truck is that? Where'd you get those wheels at? Who did the modifications? I mean, it was just like, and it was nothing but a witnessing tool for Christ. Not once did I ever struggle with one payment. They were the largest payments I ever made in my life. Just knocked them off, knocked them off, knocked them off. It was easy. Why? God was paying it. It's like God was paying it. You understand I'm still working, right? But God just covered the whole thing. What was that? It was literally a desire of my heart. Now, if somebody would say, would you like to have that? I'd be like, well, yes, but I can't. But if you, will, if you will delight yourself in the Lord, if you will serve the Lord, God sees all of these things, and He knows what makes you happy. Thank you for all those amens. Hallelujah. Because get, get your mind off of a truck, because for you it might not be a truck, but you know it's something, right? Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you believe at that dealership when I bought the truck, God so moved on the men there that the, that the general manager over the whole place gave an offering to my ministry. Well, that's crazy. He did. No, Pastor they don't. No, he gave an offering into my ministry. He gave a very, very gracious offering into my ministry. It was crazy. I actually thought revival was going to break out at any moment in that dealership. I mean... It was just, it was remarkable what God was doing there in that place. Hallelujah. Anytime you hit a milestone, you do a major accomplishment, you, you finish something, you graduate college, you get a, your diploma, you, you, something has been done that is an, a great accomplishment, please don't ever move on to the next project until there is a reward associated with what you've done.
You need to understand this. God will not always drop it out of heaven and shout, there it is, and have an angel tickle your ear with a feather and say, there it is. But inside of your spirit, the Holy Spirit will just quicken you, and you'll know, that's it. That's it. That's my reward. And when that happens, reach out. And sometimes you'll have to do it by faith and take it, because you'll think, this is what will happen. You'll think, no, I couldn't. I couldn't. And God will say, yes, that's it. But Lord, it's too nice. Yes, that's my reward for you. That's, that's what I want to give and bring into your life. And there's times you, you get it, you know that's for you. There's other times you get it, you know it's for somebody else. And you, but sometimes you have to lead people into it. This is yours. Oh, no, no, no. No, it is. Come on. Go get it. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Whenever I finish a book, I've written six books. Whenever I finish a book, I don't open up my laptop and just start typing on the, on the other one. No, no, no. Whenever I finish a book, it's time to step back. It's been emailed off to the publisher. They've got the manuscript. It's been fine-tuned. We've done all the proofing. It's a wrap. It's done. When that's done, I don't go to the next project. I'm, go, I'm looking for the reward. Mm, I'm looking for the reward. God, He will show you these things. He will bring these things into your life that are rewards for your service, your work, as unto Him. My wife just accomplished something. I won't say it publicly yet. Something significant. She worked on for an hour and a half. So much behind-the-scenes work, so much legality, so much paperwork, mountains of red tape and paperwork. But she has now done something. She holds it in her hand after a year and a half work that will affect generations of our family down the line until Christ comes back. This will literally affect our descendants until Christ returns. Wow, a heavy, heavy blessing. See, when things like this happen, you don't just run on to the next thing. You savor. You savor these one things, uh, th these beautiful things. If you will delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you the most unique and wonderful desires of your heart. And that thing that Kelly had manifested took the Lord's help, and it was a desire of hers. But she stayed with it, and now she actually holds it in her hand, and it will bless our family lineage, until the Lord's return. You probably all wonder what it is, but I can't say it yet. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You need to be sensitive in your heart to those God moments when God says, that's it. And you see it, and you think, no, it, no, it couldn't be. No. Yes. God says yes. God says yes. And you need to know when to take that. Mm, maybe it's a family vacation. And you just say, we're going to go on a family vacation. Or we're going to do this. Whatever it might be. So many different ways that God wants to reward you. His rewards can be found in this life. And His rewards will also be revealed in the world to come. I want you to pray with me for a moment. Heavenly Father, I'm praying for every person who has heard this message that the reward, even the plural sense, the rewards that you have for your people, which are motivators, which are incentives to keep on going, to do our best. Lord God, that these rewards be revealed. And I thank you, Father God, that when we have done our part, and by your grace and your sovereignty, when you see that you are pleased 
and you say, I want to bless, I want to reward. We thank you that you bring heart's desires into our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's something in your heart right now. Oh, it's not a need. It's not, it's not wanting to go home and do the laundry. It could be a new washer and dryer. Mm. The one that has all the bells and whistles. I mean, I mean, some people really like that. Some ladies really like that. For somebody, it could be you're getting tired of that $12 coffee pot, and you want your own espresso machine. Yes, in your house. Ooh, somebody got so happy when I said that. Mm. I don't know what your heart's desires are, but I know that God does. And if you will delight yourself in Him, if you will take an interest in what He has an interest in, and apply yourself towards that, and be involved in that, I really do believe that God would give you things that you would think, oh, it's like a dream. It's like a dream. Martin Luther said those things that you wish for, those things that you wish for, God will take you into the dream category. Hmm. God will take you into those desires that, Lord, I'd like to have it so much, I don't even know if I can even tell people this is something I would like. Maybe people might even laugh at me. Wow. Do you actually think that that desire is so outlandish, so far out there, that God can't do it? That He couldn't do that for you? One, one great man of God talked about how he had taught and ministered to so many people, poured his heart out, particularly to his, his staff members, and then one day in a staff meeting, he realized that although he had mentored and taught for years and years to so many of his staff, that after years and years, most of them had not received anything that he had taught, and had had no practical uh, implementation or effect or change upon their lives. And he said he spiraled into a deep depression, a depression that went on for months and months. And he said, Lord, has everything I taught been a failure? Lord, everything I taught, has it fallen to the ground? Lord, I, I know that there are others outside that have been impacted, but amongst my own that I love so much, why do I have so little fruit? And he was so sorrowful, and he was so sorrowful. But during the midst of this season of dryness, of trying to understand the ways of God, he thought, you know, he, think, um, he thought, I'm going to try to make an expansion to my house. And he already had a large home, but in order to inspire himself and try to pull himself up out of this quagmire of emotional pain and hurt, he said, I'm going to make it a new expansion to my house. I'm going to add on 5,200 square feet. By the way, the 5,200 square feet was just going to be his bedroom. Please don't get jealous. Please, please remember jealousy is a sin. Hallelujah. So he was going to add on an addition to his home. He was going to add on 5,200 square feet as an addition. And in the midst of this depression, in the midst of this thing that he was struggling with, he started to think, Lord, have I lost my mind? I, I, I'm not even married. Do I even need a place that big? I mean, I mean do I even need the, the size of the home I have already, much less this addition? 
that I'm going to build, that I'm wanting to build. Now, he had been given a quote for all the lumber that would be, he had given a quote for the, what it would take to just pay off that portion of building that with all the materials. So he knew, he knew how much it was going to cost, but he thought, Lord, have I gone too far? Lord, have I gone beyond you? Is, is something not right with my thinking? And he said he went to a meeting to go minister. He said nobody knew the personal challenges that he was having with his own walk with God of being discouraged and wondering about the, the value of his ministry. Is it really changing people? Is it really helping people? But he said while he was at that meeting, God spoke to him. He said, do you really think that there's something about a 5,200 square foot addition that's beyond me, the omnipotent, the omnipowerful God, that there's something so grandiose about this little addition that I can't handle it? The Lord says, I know every desire, every thought that you have. And I understand your pain, and I'm going to bless you. And he said, after the service, after he finished preaching, the host pastor said, man of God, please come to the book table and sign your books for the people. And he said, oh, he said, please, I don't want to do that. I'm so discouraged. Uh, I don't want you want to talk to people. I don't want to sign books. I just want to go back to my hotel room and fly back to my home. He said he'd been in such discouragement that he couldn't even get out of bed till three o'clock in the afternoon. But the man of God said, please, he said, sign the books for the people. They love your ministry so much. You have changed lives around the world. He said, okay, I'll, I'll go to the product table and sign the books. And after he had signed the last book and got up to go back to his room, a man came up to him and just hugged him. Didn't even say anything, just hugged him. And then he left. And a minister came up with an envelope. And the minister said, that man that just hugged you told me to give this to you. It's from him. And this minister went back to his room and opened it up, and it was full of hundreds and hundreds of $100 bills. How many of you like Benjamin Franklin? There's just something about that look that just makes you happy to count good old Benjamins. Hallelujah. And this man of God went back to his hotel room and began to count hundreds after hundreds after hundreds and went to the thousands and thousands. He counted and counted and counted. When he was done, it was the exact amount to pay for all the materials, all the lumber, all the charges for his 5,200-foot expansion. God says, if you serve me, I will honor you and give to you, not just your needs. That's not very exciting, but even the very desires of your heart. And it was to the pity what was given to him by that man in that offering to pay off this desire of his heart to build this expansion. See, there is something about motivation about incentive, about a reward that says, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go because God will reward me. Oh, not just in heaven as many people believe because he'll certainly do that. But even in this life, if you will delight yourself in the Lord and serve God and give God your very best, the Lord will give you even the desires of your heart. Father, bless your people. Bless your people. Let them labor for you with all of their hearts, with all of their strength. Even as the Apostle Paul said, whatever you do, do it with all of your might as unto the Lord. 
Father, we thank you that our jobs, our career, our, our careers, that let us pour out our very best for our employers. Oh, God, let us labor to do all that we can. Well, let us serve you. Hallelujah. Those times uh, we have opportunity to do witness, whether we're out and about in the grocery store, wherever, let us live our lives fully for you. Oh, God, let us be soul winners. Let us have your heart, your passion, knowing that you will reward all that we do. Father, let us love people. Let us forgive people. Let us bless people. Let us live our lives 100% for you, not regretting anything, but crossing over with great joy. Now, Father, everybody, everybody in this studio, everybody watching, you know, Father, what their desires are. Within their own hearts, there's something that's coming due now. There's a reward that's coming due now. Lord, show it to them right now. By your Holy Spirit, show it to them right now. Hallelujah. Glory. 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 Some of you, it's going to come this week. Some of you, it's going to come that fast. It's going to come even this week. Father, thank you. Thank you. God will show it to you. Oh, hallelujah. He's going to do more than show it to you. He'll help you to be able to reel it in. It's like you're going to catch, the, you're going to catch that fish on the line. You're going to reel it in. So all you can do is reel it in. You'll say, that's your catch. Reel it in. Hallelujah. Woo! All right. Let that formulate. Let it be clearly identified. So, Father, let it be brought in in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, for your glory, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, there's some other desires that are larger. They'll come too. There's something, though, that's due now. That's what I'm talking about. There is a, there is a reward that's due now. Be looking for it. It's coming even this week. Can you say hallelujah? Can you say praise God? Let us rejoice over these deep and precious promises by now taking holy, holy communion. Ooh, woo, hallelujah. Mm, mm, mm. Yes, 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 hallelujah. Okay, those of you watching, grab some grape juice and some unleavened bread. Praise the Lord. Those in the live audience, the communion will be passed around to you in just one moment. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord today. A reward is a result of your obedience to serve, to love, to bless, to forgive. Father, we forgive anyone who has sinned against us. We love and bless even our enemies. Father, we want to be like you. For your son Jesus said that you are so good that you are even good to those who do not thank you and are even evil. Father, you allow your blessings to fall on the just and the unjust, the rain, the fall, on even those who wouldn't even thank you for it. So, Father, we love all. We forgive those who've sinned against us. We thank you. You want to make sure that you're right with the Lord on that before you receive communion. Forgive anyone who has sinned against you. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If I could also have the communion elements up here as well, please. Praise God. I want you to be mindful. I want you to visualize your coming reward. Because I believe whatever this reward is, there will be people that will ask you about it. Their asking is opportunity. Hallelujah. To glorify the Lord. To glorify the Lord. Praise God today. Lord, we praise you. Praise God. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We consecrate it. This is set apart. This is holy. This is now the flesh and the blood of Messiah Jesus. Father, we thank you that Jesus came into the world to redeem us from our sins. We thank you that he was the Passover lamb. Hallelujah. So we now receive the Lamb of God. We receive His flesh. By faith, we receive the desires of our heart. In Christ's name, amen. Let's receive. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, that Jesus is our preeminent desire. And out of him come all of these wonderful things to enhance our life, to bring joy and happiness into our lives. Father, thank you for Jesus, our heart's desire. Thank you that he shed his blood for us at Calvary while we were yet sinners. He died for us. Wow. Thank you, Father. We're now in your family. And we thank you for his shed blood. We drink it in Jesus' name. Let's receive. Glory. Glory to God. Okay, so we're going to sing a song to the Lord. While you're singing this song to the Lord... A healing anointing will come. And those that need healing, God is able to heal your bodies. Jesus is the great physician, and his presence is here to heal the sick. Let's worship the Lord for a moment, and let's welcome in the Lord Jesus as our healer. Praise God. With a grateful heart, give thanks. 
Lord. We bless your name. Hallelujah. Pastor Stephen, how will I know that it's really my reward? Because it's exactly what you want. See, a lot of times people say, I'd like that, but I can't get that, so I'll get this modified or less than version of I'll get this instead. When it's the reward from the Lord, it's exactly what you want. <gasps> Pastor Stephen, though, that you have to pay full price though to get it like that. That that, that that doesn't matter. When it's from God, it's exactly what you want. Nothing's cheapened off of it. Nothing's reduced off of it. It's exactly what you want. Does that make sense? Praise God. Praise God. Father, we thank you for Jesus, who is the great physician, that there at Calvary, he paid not only for us to receive eternal life, but to be redeemed from sickness, disease, the foul work of the devil against our bodies. Father, we thank you that we have the right to live our lives out and pass on at a good old age with health in our bodies and eventually stepping off the earth, having lived our lives out. So, Father, we thank you that we have been redeemed to live a life now that gives us health and blessing through the blood of Christ. Father, we thank you. We welcome Jesus as our healer, the mender of broken bodies, the driver out of sickness and disease. We thank you, Father. We celebrate Jesus as our healer. Oh, God, thank you for your healing power. Thank you for your healing power. Father, we thank you for the angels of healing that help minister that healing anointing of Christ, our Savior, that they are now here as well. We thank you, Father God, that you give gifts unto men. Father, I thank you for the healing gift that you've placed on my life. I give you all the praise. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. If there is someone in the audience you need healing in your body, please come stand right here. Come stand right here. We'll take somebody else a few feet back behind that person. Come stand right there just for a moment. Now, those of you that are watching online, if you have pain in your neck from a car accident, any other type of accident, I'm sensing like whiplash, and it just hurts to turn your head. You, you have migraine headaches. The healing power of God touches you now, right now in that area. Put your hand right there, the base of your skull on your neck. God's healing power now, now, into that area of your body. Healing now. Command that to loosen up, limber up. God's healing all those little discs, everything in between them, all the medical terms that I don't know. That's okay. God's healing it now. In the name of Jesus, just begin to move your head around. You, uh, you even feel heat on the back of your neck. That is the tangible presence of God's healing power. Glory. Glory to God in Jesus' name. God's healing you as you watch. Praise God. My dear brother, come stand right here. We're so glad you're here. What do you need today? I have a sugar issue. It's called diabetes 2 that I've been fighting with. Uh, diabetes 2. Yeah. You believe God will heal you today? Amen. 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 What's your name? Daniel. 
Father, we just thank you for Daniel. We ask that you touch him today. I just curse the diabetes. Loose him. Come out and let him go in the name of Jesus. Father, this has impeded his walk with you, and this has held him back. So I speak energy and health into this body now. Thank you for every trace of this old diabetes leaving his body. Thank you, Father. He's a soul winner. Light him on fire with healing anointings and gifts in his own life, in his own gifting, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God, using and anoint his mouth and his words to speak your word. I ask you for boldness as well. Thank you, Father God. All diseases, loose him in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. God bless you, Daniel. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Please come forth. Lord, we praise you today. How are you doing today? Good. What do you need prayer for? Um, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia and tested positive for one of the antibodies to Lyme's disease. Okay. So muscular and neurological stuff that's come with that. Okay. Well, it's amazing what Lyme's disease can do to wreck a person's body. Just one little tick is all it takes. I hear the Lord saying God knows what makes you tick. Hallelujah. God's going to make the uh, things tick right. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> the wrong tick can make everything tick wrong. Hallelujah. I also hear God saying he's going to tickle you and make you laugh. Hallelujah. By the Holy Spirit. He's going to make you happy. Hallelujah. And the, the things of misery and frustration and uh, disillusionment, God begins to wipe away now. So, Father, I thank you. What's your name? Father, I just release your healing power in the Jennifer's body. Now, I rebuke all the effects of Lyme's disease. Loose her in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Every trace of that comes off. The anointing goes in now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. Fibromyalgia. Come out. Loose her. In the name of Jesus. Peace. Shalom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You're going to give her her heart's desire, the rewards, not just to reward, but the rewards are coming. They're coming fast. Look for them, for the Lord says they will rush into your life. So, Father, we thank you. I speak restoration into this body. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Have you been to Israel? So the Lord wants you to meet him in Israel sometime. Okay, so Father, I just thank you. Open that door right way, right time. We thank you that she goes in strength. That this fibromyalgia, particularly, that's tried to hold her down, just is gone. So, Father, we thank you for healing in her body. Hallelujah. I, I also sense that there's a book for you to write. And the Lord wants you to write for his glory. So, Father, I just touch now with that writing anointing. Let her write for your glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, Jennifer. Hallelujah. Please come stand here, my sister. Hallelujah. Lord, for those that are watching, just anointing, glory, gifts and talents coming out of you, coming alive. Hallelujah. Revelation flowing right now. Glory to God. The devil's tried to hold you down, but you're too strong in the Lord. He's too strong in you. Hallelujah. It's time to rise up. Jesus said we must work while it is light. For the day comes when no man can work. It's light. It's time to work. Hallelujah. And when you work, you are 
reward it. Hallelujah. What do you need? I have pain in my left um, shoulder blade. And it comes okay. up into my neck, into my head, and down into ah, my back. What caused that? I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It needs to go right. Yeah. Anything else? That's it. All right. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for your anointing. I feel it. I sense it. Yes. We give you praise, Jesus. I just rebuke that pain now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That pain in that shoulder blade shooting up, you've got to leave. Come out in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Peace in Jesus' name. Healing anointing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Are you Daryl's sister? Praise God. And you're going back to Mozambique when? January 3rd. Okay. January the 3rd, you leave America and go back to Mozambique. And you're a missionary. Okay. That's what he told me. So, Father, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you for provision. Hallelujah. Full provision. You're going to go back also not with just provision for yourself. You're going to have overflow. You're going to be able to be a blessing and extend to others when you get there. There's a new anointing of provision coming on you now. Father, we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. A new angel of prosperity being assigned to you now. For you are about the Lord's work, and it deserves to be attended to and to be taken care of. So, Father, we thank you. She's going to be walking in a new revelation of power. You're going to back in an apostolic anointing. You've walked in prophetic and evangelistic anointing, but you're going to back in an apostolic anointing and the Lord says you're too hot for the devil to handle hallelujah so it's time for increase in the gifts of the spirit to come alive and so father we thank you for it in the name of Jesus hallelujah fire coming out of you father we thank you in the name of Jesus amen God bless you and I hear the Lord say in Nehemiah eight ten is the scripture for you that the joy of the Lord is your strength I just see a lot of laughter and I believe that you're gonna suddenly have breakouts of laughter come over you and then the people around you will be healed I see little children I just see uh, lots of little children and, and other people that you'll just start laughing and they'll start laughing maybe some of them have never laughed before but the Lord's gonna use that laughter is a healing balm that's gonna just flow over those people yes. especially see children and, and women and adults, but that laughter is going to be infective that you have. It's going to be like an, uh, an insulin, uh, an antibiotic that's going to shoot through you and into those other people. So don't be surprised when you see yourself laughing uncontrollably because it's of the Lord. He's going to use that, and many people will be healed when you break out in this holy laughter. Praise God. Amen. Spirit of God all over you. Amen. And uh, what was your name, sister, as you're walking away? What was your name? Sherry? Sherry or Sharon? Sherry. Sherry. You're wearing perfume? Wow. Did you smell that on her? Please come back up on here. You're talking about beautiful fragrance. She is encapsulated with a fragrance that when she walked up here, that was so clean. So It's kind of coming again. Uh, that's the angel that walks with you and aids in your ministry. It is a fragrance of so uh, of such beauty. It's purity. It's so pure and clean that it it speaks what it smells of. Hallelujah! It's all around you. So it's like emanating. 
See, anybody that got within the shadow distance of Peter got healed. It's not the shadow that was healing people. It was the proximity of the glory going out. And it's all over you. It's all over you radiating out. Even the fragrance of Christ radiating out of you. Be blessed in Christ's name. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. Woo, the Lord is all over that lady. Hallelujah. Praise God. Lynn, please come forward. As Pastor Kelly was saying, it was like a fresh laundry detergent, super clean with a floral smell. Hallelujah. What do you need? Some what issues? All right. Lift your hands. Pastor Kelly. Okay. Please touch your stomach. I believe what God's going to do in Lynn's life is not a, just a healing. It's a healing miracle. Yes. And I believe you're going to gain some very healthy weight. Father, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke worry. It's all tied to worry. Lord, I just thank you for such peace coming over Lynn. She loves her family. And the Lord says the enemy has tried to... He's tried to warp your love and even pull you into worry. And the Lord says, I will take care. Trust me. It is your prayers of covering that will produce more than you've even hoped for your descendants. So, Father, I speak peace and joy and laughter. It's time to laugh. For the Lord says, I will work. I will take care. While you worship, I will work. And while you worship... And the Lord will work, there will be weight. I hear say WWW. Worship, the Lord will work, and the weight will come. You will gain the weight. Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you for appetite returning now. Appetite returning now. Uh, and not, I'm not talking about soft foods like eating stewed prunes. I'm talking about steak. Hallelujah. And solid food. So we call back strength. We call back strength. For you still, you still have a destiny to fulfill, says the Lord. Yeah. And the Lord says that he will still touch your husband, and he will bring moisture, and he will rain on the dry areas and the Lord will anoint his fingers and his mind and even his voice and a river of water will flow in a desert that has been dry so Father we thank you and the Lord says believe you will see in Jesus name God bless you Amen. Stephen, what did you say about the W's um, worship the Lord the Lord will work when you do that and wait W-E-I-G-H-T will come to you as soon as he said that about the W's, I got WW and I heard Weight Watchers. And I heard the, the Lord say, you will gain weight while you watch him work. So okay. Weight Watchers, wait and watch. Two kinds of weight. But you're going to gain a healthy weight. The Lord wants to satisfy your soul then. He wants to satisfy your soul with good things. That includes food and everything good that your heart desires. But I just basically heard the Lord say, just wait and see. Wait and watch. So the weight's going to come back, and you're going to watch and see what the Lord has done. It's going to be good for your whole family. Amen. God bless you, Lynn. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Let's take this other couple. Then I'm going to pray for the Internet audience. Praise God. Oh, praise God. Uh, Jennifer. What is your relationship, Jennifer? You're the dad. Praise God. Yes. Praise God. Yes. 
Where do you live at? Um, we live in Abington, Virginia. Wonderful. From the good state of Virginia. What do you need? Well, um, I'm being tormented, just in my mind, and then it's manifesting. Okay. Everybody take one step forward. Hallelujah. You need deliverance. Okay, praise God. Slip your hands. Father, we thank you for Jennifer. Oh, God, we thank you. Jesus, you came to set the captives free. Pastor Kelly, put your hands right there. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, glory, peace, and shalom. And the Lord will take the ashes and he will make something beautiful. In the name of the Lord, every foul spirit that troubles and torments, Loose her now in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come out in the name of the Lord. Sorrow and intense misery inflicted by the enemy. I break it in the name of Christ. And you're coming out right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just came out of her. <laughs> Woo. Glory to God. Came right out of her. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Lord, we thank you today. Do you need deliverance? something dark in you hallelujah lift your hands in the name of Jesus be free foul spirits come out in the name of the Lord hallelujah amen William one step forward what do you need today I have a knee that uh injured about six weeks ago and it's improving but it's getting rebellious oh stubborn knee huh <laughs> yeah right, okay. right around there it's just getting rebellious it just don't want it it just keeps popping every now and then it just don't want it. take one step forward right. take one step forward hallelujah thank you father i just touched the knee now in the name of jesus anointing down into that knee now healing anointing now oh god thank you new fluid into the knee the removal of any abrasive areas in the name of Jesus. Full strength now back into that knee. Thank you, Father God. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. We thank you, Father God. And he's going for the crowns. Let the soul winner's crown be his, O oh God, as he extends his heart to the lost. We thank you, Father God, for strength in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, all swelling, go down. In the name of the Lord. There's heat in that knee right now. Do you feel you feel heat? There's heat in that knee, isn't there? Hallelujah. Just go walk around the back some. God bless you as you go. Hallelujah. Anointing into this body in the name of Jesus. Anointing. Fill, O oh God, the empty spaces haha, with your glory in the name of the Lord. Fill every empty space, O oh God. Every empty space, O oh God. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's white waves of glory uh, just in here around the people. And I know the name Jennifer means white wave. Not sure if you knew that or you knew that, but I just felt like the Lord is saying he's washing it all away and his, uh, these white waves from heaven are just rushing over both of you. 
Amen. So thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Just let the Lord minister to you there. Amen. Praise God. God. Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you. We, We thank you, Father God. We give you glory and honor and praise. Lord, you're a rewarder of them that diligently seek you. There's rewards associated. So we just thank you, Father God, that you have shown us by your spirit that there is a specific reward coming this week. Let us catch it by your grace. Let us be able to identify it and by faith step into it. Father, we thank you that you're better to us than we are to ourselves. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Some of you need to open your heart to the Father God. You feel like you shouldn't be treated so well. He'll treat you better than you can even treat yourself. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for all that you've done. And, Father, as we conclude today's service with a song of worship, oh, God, receive our worship. For you are our greatest desire. We want to say thank you today for all you've done. We bless you in advance for all you're going to do. And we thank you. We thank you that you give us rewards for our heart for you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for watching today. My friends, you have a tremendous week. Be looking for the specific reward the Holy Spirit will identify to you. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Let's go out worshiping the Lord.
about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.